eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a chilly Thursday morning. Actually, I I would say downright cold uh, Thursday morning here in God's Own Knoxville, Tennessee. It's about just just a little bit above freezing. It's It's a very, very cold morning. I imagine a very particularly cold morning for the the Lady Vols basketball program after last night's loss to Middle Tennessee State. Not something that uh, you ever uh, think that should happen to Tennessee. It has happened. We will see if there are consequences for that. Certainly not not what you want from that program. But we are here to talk Tennessee football. And Tennessee football, of course, is hosting – not hosting. I don't know if they're the home team or the away team. But they're visiting to – Orlando to play uh, to play the Iowa Hawkeyes there in the Citrus Bowl on January 1st. But we are talking not just about that necessarily, but we are talking about the defense heading into the offseason. If you want to listen to the offensive part uh, first, we did that, that just a couple of days ago. So if you want to go listen to that first, go ahead and do that. We are doing defense today. It is the same crew in here talking about it, though. It is me alongside... Uh, ben McKee from his unnamed home studio. Ryan Callahan from his home daycare center there across town. Fellas, how are we doing this morning? Doing great. Trying to keep my head above water, just like Ryan Callahan, I know is as well. Just trying to get some sleep. It'll uh, it'll all it'll all wind down in a couple weeks, but uh, we're we're right in the right in the middle of the fun stuff right now. So it's a lot going on, and uh, not not a lot of time to 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 sit back and relax just yet. Yeah, no, it's it, this is the absolute wildest period of the season for college football coaches, I think, with rosters and and you know, they don't even not even really thinking about bowl prep like Jimbo and uh, not 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 Jimbo. Um he 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 gone. Um but uh you know, you had Dabo and and uh who was it that canceled the press conference? I think Florida State and Georgia. Norvell and Kirby Smart. Yeah, there yep. you go. Yep. There you go. They 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 canceled their press conference for the Orange Bowl the other day, which led to a lot of jokes. But I think really was just about them being like, I mean, we're trying to build a roster here for next season, and this game's not for like three or four weeks. What are we doing here, guys? And, and so I think they were deciding to uh, just go ahead and punt that. So 
Yeah, it, it, it's kind of one of those deals. They're they're trying to put together their rosters for next season. You got ingoings, outgoings. You know, you got guys that you're trying to finish from this recruiting class. You've got guys that you know you're, you're trying to convince to come back to your roster. Guys that you might be politely uh, requesting go elsewhere from your roster. You're you're doing a lot of roster management, man management. It's just a really really crazy time of year. But that leads us to discussions on what we think Tennessee will look like uh, next year. We did offense on Tuesday. We did defense on Thursday. I'm sure we'll mention the specialists at some point. They don't really have. There's not really enough dudes there for their whole uh, for the, for their whole um, podcast. Sorry, there, Mike Eckler. The chili's still hot. Uh, your special teams unit's really good, but uh, normally uh, I don't know if we could talk about them for like an hour about what they're going to be doing. So we, we will get to that at some point. But it is a big, big time for Tennessee's defense, a group that still shows f- promise at times, a group that still looks a little bit overwhelmed and frustrate frustrates you at times. And we'll see if next season is a step in the right direction. Although there is a big piece of, of news coming out that, that maybe could help Tennessee's defense next year, fellas, right? Yep, that's uh, that Keenan Peely is going to be back. Tennessee has not uh, officially announced that Keenan is going to be back. Keenan hasn't uh, announced that either, but our very own at 247, Matt Zinitz, uh, reported earlier this week that uh, Keenan Peely does intend to return for what will be a seventh season of college football. Uh, Tennessee will need to apply for a waiver and be granted uh, that waiver for Keenan to be able to play um, because it is his seventh season. And, and I would like to think that because he pretty much didn't play at all this season, uh, was injured in the very first game of the year and uh, missed the rest of the season, that that will be a pretty open and shut case. Uh, so that, assuming, that is pretty much a formality. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels like a formality, but I think we always have to approach that with caution when, talking about NCAA discussions because they never do things the the smart way or the easy way, but it should be a formality. Absolutely. Ryan. And that that's just huge, uh, a huge piece to to the puzzle for Tennessee. Uh, I thought you saw in several games this season, just how much they missed his physical presence. Uh, He, he was going to be a significant contributor for Tennessee. And uh, if he's out there, uh, young guys aren't playing as, as much as they need to. So, uh, just having that veteran presence, and and he can kind of serve as this year's or this upcoming season's version of Aaron Beasley, that veteran backer, and and then you'll have a junior Elijah Herring, who you hope takes a, a big step forward. Uh, Jeremiah T. Lander, Arian Carter, they need to have big off seasons. Uh, there, there's bodies in that linebacker room that can really blossom in, blossom into to really strong SEC backers, but they need a huge off season first and foremost. And you pair them with Keenan Peely, and I think that's a good step in the right direction for that linebacker room going into next season. Yeah, they really wanted to – this season, Peely and, and Beasley were going to be the two, right? And and they were really, really excited about those two playing together. And then Peely gets hurt in, the, I think, the second quarter of the first game of the season. And, and then at that point, it became just kind of a race against time. Could they get him back? And then once they realized that what time in the calendar it was, it just kind of became a deal of, uh, why are we rushing him back now? Let's just, for his sake, he needs to get really healthy, and then maybe he can come back next season if he wants to. 
and and help the team and and it really 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 should help the team Ryan because it, as much as I think we all are bullish on Arian, Arian Carter for his future I think we all still think he's going to be very very good uh, if he's playing with Herring and with T Lander you just would really like an, another really experienced body in there in that mix to help all those guys and. Uh, you know, Peely and Beasley were going to be kind of the rugs tying the defense together this season, but having at least one of them back next season, maybe to help all those young guys. And Herring's not really a young guy, but still kind of plays like one at times. So uh-huh. I think he does anyway. So he's kind of up and down this season, started slow, had some really bright moments. The finish wasn't as great. He just kind of, he really shows he pops at times. And then at times he, he doesn't. And then, having Peely with back back with those guys would be just huge. It, it would, especially because you do have, uh, as, as you said, a, a, a less experienced, at least second year guy going into his third year and Elijah Herring, who obviously is still learning uh, and, and getting up to speed on, on just fully understanding and grasping the defense and also learning the instincts that you have to play with at the position. I think there's a lot, there's a lot people might not realize about what all goes into playing that mm-hmm. position and why and why Elijah Harry might be might be struggling with the but the bottom line is he is and you need some other options there and, and I think Keenan Peely is really important because he's essentially an Aaron Beasley replacement too right I mean let's not forget that Beasley's gone so you you really need that veteran presence there in the middle uh, we saw only a glimpse of what Peely can do but I think he's just going to be a stabilizing force there in the middle of Tennessee's defense and and that. That veteran presence is a big deal, especially in a in a defense that's that's not as as simple as it might appear to be on the surface, and definitely needs a guy who is who has played before and fully understands what he's doing. And he's a he's a quiet uh, leader for that group too. You know, kind of a lead by example guy more so than a than a rah rah guy. But mm-hmm. I think still someone that uh, that that really means a lot to that room and has a, has the respect of his teammates and earned it in in a pretty short amount of time. So. Uh, big deal for them to get him back, and and that's a certainly makes it easier to project what you're going to get out of that group next season. Now the question still becomes: Do they go to the transfer portal for any additional help? Do they do they stand pat with what they have, knowing that they've got you know a couple of young guys who could compete there, but no one that they can fully count on probably right now as a starter? It, it's going to be interesting to see how they address that and, and whether they stand pat or try to add anything else. But it, it, it's certainly a lot easier knowing you have Keenan Peely there to kind of build around going into next season yeah linebacker for me is a position where you know you 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 think about how much time it takes at certain positions to like you know really be physically and 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 psychologically mentally intellectually you know emotionally ready to play and you think of tight end as one of those places offensive line is one of those places and I don't know why people don't imagine that linebackers the same way. I mean, the the amount of things you have to know, especially when you're only two linebackers on the field, the amount of stuff that you have to know at all times to be able to set things in front of you, to be able – and even if a guy like Peely is beside you, the amount of things you have to know to be able to play – you know, the position and to play it well and to be structurally, especially if you got one of those gap sound defenses where you need to be in your gap. We saw this season, Tennessee's linebackers occasionally, and it was, it was Herring quite a few times would, would be in the wrong gap and then boom, a play would get spilled out. And, and that's, 
That's why it's so important. You've got to be in your gap. You've got to be where you're supposed to be. And a lot of times that might not be you're getting the tackle. It might just be there's not a big hole there where a running back can run through. So they're running into somebody else and getting tackled. So it, it's it's a really, really important thing. And I think if you're Tennessee, I would totally understand going to get another veteran if there's one available, but for me, it would be contingent on who's available. I would think it's not just, you're taking somebody to take somebody. I don't think, but I might be wrong about that, Ryan. No, I, I think that's a, that's a fair way to look at it. It's a tricky situation for Tennessee because adding someone could easily mean someone else goes in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how coaches have to start yep. looking at that these days. It really is that type of situation where adding one guy could run off one or more players because it might block their opportunity to play. So, I, you know, I've mentioned uh, in our in our podcast earlier this week about the tight end position, adding someone could run off Ethan Davis. You have a similar concern at linebacker where, the you know, adding someone with some experience or, or even just another guy to compete with might run off Elijah Herring or Arian Carter or Jeremiah T. Lander. You don't want to block those guys' paths to playing time unless it's unless it's something that definitely makes your team better. So you have to consider all of that uh, in this day and age, especially where, Players have so much freedom to to leave at any time, um, and, and at the same time, you you've got to you got to do what's right for for your team. So uh, and I will be fascinated in, in, in seeing how they how they approach that this off season. But they they've got to look to try to to try to make that group better. You know, they clearly have some some youth at that position that's exciting, but at the same time, still unproven for the most part. Arian Carter, I thought was not not quite as good as we thought he might be as a true freshman, but certainly still has a ton of potential. And if he can get there, you'd and be he got, pretty excited. You know, he, he was hurt later on in the year and couldn't. And he maybe, was. And he would have gotten reps probably, but you know, especially against Vandy yeah. and some other games. But he was hurt. He he was. Um, you know, still still looked a bit lost to me at times, and, and played only single digit reps in a few SEC games. So probably didn't get a ton of exposure to to where he was fully comfortable out there by the middle of the season. But he was he he was you know he, he was scoring pretty pretty erratically in, in the PFF grades mm-hmm. throughout the season and and I think rightfully so because he was you know pretty up and down and and showing that he's still a fairly young linebacker right he's a guy that played only running back his junior season in high school yeah. so he is even though he has I think pretty good instincts he is still learning that position and it's just a lot more complex than an SEC defense so he still had plenty to learn um, so you've got some exciting potential there but still just not a lot proven. So knowing knowing the sort of the MO of this Tennessee staff and sort of how they they like to have veterans to rely on a lot of times, I won't be surprised if they end up looking to the transfer portal at some point. But to your point, Wes, I think it has to be the right guy. I think it has to be someone that's worth the trouble to risk losing someone because you have to look at it that way. You have to assume that if I add someone here, someone else might leave and it might not be the guy I want to leave, even if I'm willing to lose someone. So I've got to bring in someone that I know is going to upgrade my roster, and that's those players aren't just readily available anywhere in the transfer portal. You've got to kind of find the right ones, and it's got to be a good fit too. Yeah, that's right, Ben. I mean, you think about it, and you know, it, it, people talk about getting into the portal now. I think in some cases, some of the guys who end up having the most options are guys who go to the portal after spring practice. And so, if you bring in somebody now, they still might, you know, whoever's left, the young kids, they might go through spring. And then see what the situation is, and go. Hmm, I don't know about this. And then they go into the portal, and then all of a sudden, everybody's desperate around that time. So you get your pick of the litter at that point with both NIL stuff in some cases, and with just offers of of, of great programs to go play. So for me, I mean, Ben, feel free to disagree if 
you do, I know you'll tell us, but are you also kind of a, the juice better be worth the squeeze guy at linebacker? Yes. I, I think if, if the right linebacker presents itself, then Tennessee should absolutely, absolutely look to bring in that linebacker. Uh, yes, you do have to worry about frustrating those who are already in the room in today's day and age of, of college football. Uh, but Josh Heupel and Brian Jean-Marie and Tim Banks, they also have a responsibility to put the best product on the field on Saturdays in the fall and and to try and get the position the best that, that it can be going into the season. And uh, right now, I just think there's so much uncertainty with what Elijah Herring will look like as a junior, what Arion Carter will look like as a sophomore, Jeremiah T. Lander as a sophomore, uh, Caleb Perry, I believe, as a true junior. Mm-hmm. Um there's just so much uncertainty with those guys. And there's also uncertainty with Keenan Peely coming off an injury. He, I mean, we were already kind of wondering how he would look against SEC competition. We all thought that he would look fine, but he still hasn't played SEC football. And, well, and, and, and Ben, to that point, I don't know that he'll practice this spring. I think they'll have to manage him a good bit this spring and be careful with him. So you, will, you won't even really get much of a chance to see what he looks like until the fall. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be real rusty. So... Um, I I can see a scenario where all of those young linebackers that I mentioned take a huge step forward and you don't really need to bring in somebody, but I can also see a scenario where Tennessee could regret not bringing in somebody. And, and I think it would rather, I think you'd rather be safe than sorry and try and bring somebody in. If it's the right fit, if it's uh, an SEC caliber linebacker, you, you, I think you need to bring them in if the right person presents itself just to shore up a lot of uncertainty in that room because there are a lot of question marks going into this offseason, and I don't think you want to get into a situation in the season where you regret not bringing in help because there, there is a scenario where, yes, those guys, it may click this offseason for them, but there's also a scenario where it doesn't click for them and you're kind of in the same situation you were a season ago. Yeah, my, my general stance on on you know transfers and other guys leaving and stuff. My my stance on that's been pretty hard line consistently for for years now. It's been that you don't recruit guys if a guy's too mentally soft or fragile to compete. He's probably not the kind of guy you want in your program anyway. If you want to compete for championships, however. I you have to re-examine that in the portal era because it is just so convenient to go, and sometimes guys will just go for trying to make a cash grab anyway or something. So it, it's a different era, and I think different rules apply. Generally speaking, though, I I do err on the side of you want competitive guys, and if they're not going to stay and fight for for a position, where are they going to go? Are they will they ever be the the kind of guy who will be an NFL player if that's the kind of attitude they have. Like you have to fight for your opportunity to play at places. So at places you want to play at anyway. So uh, and unless you're just a five-star unbelievable talent or something like that. So we shall see. I think linebacker though is a place where you do have to be cognizant of who you're bringing in. What about up front defensively before we go to break? We'll, we'll do some of that stuff and then do the secondary on the back end here. What about what about defensively up front? Because there, there's a lot of really interesting decisions coming up there, and a lot of lot of that's a really tough place because it's really really hard to go get guys, and if you have them, you want to keep them. And there's a few guys that Tennessee's kind of 
I don't want to say frozen, but Tennessee's kind of in a bit of an interesting situation maybe until some of those guys make decisions, right? I mean, I know they want to go get somebody no matter what, but I, there's some guys that they're waiting on. Well, one thing, and also if you're wondering how Keenan Peely is coming back and why that's essentially an open and shut case, he, well, first of all, he started his college career in 2016. So this is his eighth year since he, uh, arrived at college, which is just crazy to think, but he, you get, the he two, year, you the get the two year pass. Yeah. But he got the, he, he sat out the two years because of the mission in 2017 and 2018. And then he missed most of the 2021 season because of an injury. So he got a red shirt for that year. And now this will be his second season lost to injury. So the way it's become in recent years, it's essentially an open and shut case. It's just a formality because Peely does officially have to sit out the bowl game before he can get that second lost year uh, replaced by making him eligible for next season. So it, it, it's going to happen, but that's that's how he's able to come back because of an injury two years ago. Uh, on the defensive line, kind of a similar situation where, you know, like you said, Tennessee's waiting on some guys. They've got some veterans, and, and right now it's looking like good news for the most part because it looks like a lot of those guys are going to be back. Uh, Omar Norman Lott, the junior, went through senior day festivities before the Vanderbilt game. It looks like right now he's leaning toward returning. Omari Thomas, it looks like, is likely to return. Elijah Simmons, probably going to return. The the only major loss from that group, and you're going to lose Roman Harrison, who's out of eligibility uh, at defensive end, but the only other major subtraction from that group might be sort of an unexpected, or at least the circumstances of his departure might be unexpected. Tyler Barron, who we've thought all season might be headed for the NFL draft. I think he might end up entering the transfer portal as it turns out and might end up playing against Tennessee next season somewhere in the SEC. Threatening for the third time in his career. So at some point it's like, dude, just if that's what you're going to do, just go. I mean, I I hate to say it that way because he's a good player, but this is like the third year of that stuff with him. Yeah. And he graded out really well this year, but it's, you know, he's still a guy looking to raise his draft stock and thinks another year uh, somewhere could help him. So we'll, we'll see what happens there, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him in the portal, uh, but before the end of the week. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep a close eye on that and see if that's how it plays out. But I think that's where it's headed right now. So either way, I don't think he'll be back at Tennessee barring a, a, a major change in, in, in the, in the coming days. And that, but that still leaves you in a pretty good position. If everybody else returns, uh, you obviously have to replace Barron somehow. It's a good situation for Tennessee, though, because they can be a little more selective. They can, um, I think they're still looking to add a junior college defensive lineman to their 2024 class. They've got Kamari Copeland, Brian Taylor, and Jamal Wallace all still in play. And, and even if you add one of those guys, you're still in a good position where you don't have to add anybody else if everyone else returns. But you certainly could if you find the right guy in the transfer portal, especially if it's someone with multiple years of eligibility left. So we've seen them offer Marley Cook from Middle Tennessee, a guy who's gotten several major offers. Um, still some other guys they're, they're sorting through and seeing if they want to pursue them. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee finds someone there, but they are in a good position to where they don't have to have big numbers in the 2024 class. They can kind of kick that can down the road yet another year, which is shocking to me that it's gone on this long, but they've yet to really sign a big defensive line class in, in a few years. And they're going to get away with it again this year, it looks like, with all these veterans returning. And uh, and yet at the same time, they don't have to hit the portal heavy, heavily if they don't want to. They can sort of be selective there and pick and choose a little more and decide if there's someone that's really uh, that's really going to upgrade their defensive line. And they can also let some younger guys like 
David Hobbs develop and see if Tyree Weathersby can get it. I I think Hobbs is going to be really good. Yeah, and see if Weathersby can give him anything next year, see if Trevor Duncan or Nathan Robinson or anyone else can – can, can give you some reps next year. You know, they like to rotate a lot of guys there. And, and you let those young edge rushers kind of grow into the position a little more, see if if Joshua Joseph can take on a bigger role, see if Caleb Herring can play more. Um, and, and if you get anything uh, out of Jordan Ross as a true freshman or Sean Davian Bradley as a redshirt freshman. So they're they're in a pretty good position there to, to sort of let things play out and not have to be uh, too aggressive in the portal. But at the same time, if the right guy's there, absolutely, you can go get it. I feel the same way about the defensive line that I did and do about the offensive line. I talked about the offensive line uh, earlier earlier this week in that podcast about how I thought it was important for Tennessee to bring back John Campbell, Cooper Mays, Javante Spragan so that they can kind of be that bridge to William Satterwhite, Bennett Warren, Gage Ginther, some of those young offensive linemen that Tennessee is bringing in. Uh, because right now there there's unfortunately not a, a young offensive lineman ready to step in and play. So you needed those bridge players to come back and continue to be that bridge. And and I I, I feel very similar with the defensive line. Uh, the, I would say that there's more young talent over on the defensive side of the trenches uh, with, with David Hobbs and Tyree Weathersby, as Ryan was just discussing. But I still think you need a bridge until you can fully rely on those players snap in snap out game in game out and i know rodney rotates more so it's not as imperative uh that that those young guys that you have young guys ready to play because they're going to be in the mix Um, but I, i do think it's important that you have those veterans make similar decisions to Spraggins and Mays and Campbell. And yes, Spraggins and Mays haven't technically made their announcement, but if if they do end up coming back, Bryson Eason, Omar Norman Lott, Amari Thomas, guys like that making the same decision, guys that you know you can count on, I feel like that's very important for this football team as they continue to accumulate talent in the trenches and also develop talent in the trenches because it's not an ideal situation to be in to where you need those guys to come back, but there's just not enough youth on either side of the football in the trenches to where you can move on from those guys. You need those veterans who you've relied upon the, the last couple of years to come back and, and give you another year of good football. I agree. And I, and I, I think it again, and when you're talking about the edges, I think you're probably in better shape there because I was, I was alluding to a moment ago, and Ryan touched on it really well with, with the, you know, I, I said what I said, and then Ryan added to the point saying why I said it, basically, which is that, you know, Tennessee does not have to basically beg Barron to come back for another year. Like it's, you know, had to do the past couple of years trying to convince him to come back and all that stuff. They, they've recruited really well on the edge. Make no mistake, they would miss Barron. He's a good player. Um, but they've recruited so well the past couple of years there and if those guys just progress and become the players that Tennessee thought they were when they signed them, they they don't have to have that. They're not like okay, Baron, you've got us over a barrel here. Whatever it is that you need, you're going to have to come back next season. It hurts doubly if he plays against you. It's obviously not what you want. But I just think, I mean, guys, stop me if I'm wrong. But it's like, okay, once you do it, okay, twice you do it, three times, it's like, okay, 
just if if this is just going to keep being a thing, you just can't do this every year. Well, you're wrong, but not on this one. Fair um, I mean, yeah, no, it, it, you you have to pick and choose, right? And, and you you can't keep everybody. Um, you have to use your money. It, it, it comes down to basically managing a salary cap at some point. And sometimes it's it's not even about that. Sometimes it's just about which guys do you want to 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 put up the biggest fight to to keep, and which ones do you want to let go? And at a certain point. Uh, you just you just got to let them go, and and some guys are going to have different priorities. Sometimes it's nil, sometimes it's playing time, and sometimes it's just getting a fresh start. Uh, so you know, I, I think at this point, Tennessee's defensive line is in an okay position. They'll they'll be okay without Tyler Barron. They they'd obviously be much better if he came back, but uh, I think they're they're okay to absorb that one at this point. And and Tyler Barron obviously has flirted with getting a fresh start somewhere else. And uh, yeah, probably probably time to just just let him go and. And uh, and get what he's kind of threatened to to do a couple times the last two years uh, as it is. Yeah, Ben, it's not. I don't, like, I don't, it's not like exactly the same as the Cumwa situation, Olivia Cumwa situation, Ben, because I think that was much more mutual in nature. But this one kind of has at least some remnants of, of that kind of like, hey, man, we, we we want you here, but if you you know, but if if you're gonna go, that's all right. I, I don't disagree with what you said earlier uh, about. It, to me, it's just kind of lame, quite frankly. That, that that that's my feeling on the situation. To to do this uh, each and every single off season, it, it's it's kind of lame to to me. Uh, especially when you look at Tennessee under Rodney Garner, what they can do nil wise. Uh, it, it's not as if you don't have the resources at Tennessee to go be the NFL draft pick that you want to be. I, 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 you have a starting spot on the line. You have Rodney Garner. You have NIL. Like to me, it's 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 kind of lame to to play this game every single off season, uh, and it's 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 why you've heard Rodney Garner speak publicly about in the past. And Tyler was much better about it this year than in years past. But it's why Rodney Garner said publicly, uh, Tyler Barron's been a me guy in the past, and he's been more of a Tennessee guy. And that's what allowed him to, to have a more successful season this year. So that that is what it is. I I, I just think it kind of is. Again, it is what it is to me. It's it's a lame situation. Um, a consistent I, one though. A consistent one though. Marks for consistency. Yeah, I, I guess so. That that that's that's one way to look at it. And, and I guess you know you can't take all the nil money to the grave with you. So get it now while you can. But. <laughs> Uh, there, there's, hey no that, hey there's no doubt that there's no doubt that Tennessee is going to have to add talent uh, in the portal, even if Tyler Barron reverses his decision uh, whenever he does end up making that decision. If, if he decides to stick at Tennessee, uh, even with kind of those veterans I talked about staying at Tennessee West, you still need to go add through the portal. You, you can never have too many elite defensive linemen in college football or elite offensive linemen. So I think Tennessee has a nice crop if a lot of those veterans do decide to come back, but they certainly need to add through the portal. Yeah, I mean, I think, it, to be fair, we, we probably need to acknowledge the fact that feelings and, and decisions do change. And, and you know, while it does kind of have this vibe of Scarface, F you pay me, kind of every year, maybe at some point it's also like, 
like the 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 woman who threatens every year like I'm gonna, I'm going to leave you I'm going to leave you husband I'm going to leave you I'm done I'm done with this and then the next day she's just there eating dinner at the table and everything's fine and it's just something that she says occasionally so it's possible I mean I I can't I, we don't know the future but you know it's not an either or proposition but as Ryan said you're almost kind of dealing with a salary cap and if there are players Let's say younger players, let's say some guys like um, James Pierce, some guys like Dylan Sampson, some other guys that you definitely want to make sure are taken care of. You might there are there may be other guys, other personality types, other people that you decide are more worth that fight. Just just it just I, I'm not making that decision for them. And I'm not saying that's what their decision is. But again, you have to prioritize, you know, what people that we may think on the surface are a slam dunk to come back. A lot of cases, a lot of times they're not. They're guys that, that you have to kind of fight quietly to keep. So that that may be where things are. And we'll see. I still think you'd like to add some pieces up front defensively if you could, because you can never have enough to Ben's point. But um, you know, I think Tennessee with Rodney Garner there, I'd like to have a better bridge to the next group of defensive linemen. You'd like to have a better bridge there. So if you can add, that would maybe help. But, you know, those veterans coming back may have bailed you out again because they're not consistently dominant. I thought this time, this this year, especially Omari Thomas, I don't know if he's banged up or dealing with something. He wasn't quite as effective at times as he was the year before. He was good, really good sometimes. He was dealing with a personal matter towards the end of the season. Yeah, and clearly something was was amiss because he wasn't the same player that 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 he had been and that he has been for a lot of his career. So I'm not worried about him long term. I think he might kind of come back with unfinished business next year, which is a good thing. But you know, I think before we move on and go to break and, and talk about the secondary and all that all that stuff going on there. I think you'd like to add defensively up front if you could, especially if Barron goes. But I think with their culture there and with the way they've recruited on the edge and with the way Gardner's kind of built up those inside guys, I think they'll be okay. They, they will. But but, it's, I, but, I, but I, you don't want to be okay, right? You want to be great. I was going to say that at a certain point, you do have to start winning more of these battles. And they, they had some tough losses uh, on the defensive line in the high school ranks this summer. It was, a, it was a weird summer for them. Really, the last two summers have been weird. Uh, so right now, you've got a, a defensive line class that only includes Carson Gentle, Kellen Lindstrom, who's probably a strong side end but could grow into a three technique. Uh, and then Jeremiah Hurd, who might be an offensive tackle. So that's why you're still looking at a junior college defensive lineman right now. Um, but you've got to start winning some of those big time battles. And those are, you know, that those come down to NIL a lot of times. Those are, those are big time battles. I mean, Williams Winery was a wild one this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, those are tough to win for a reason. And those are always the most competitive battles at any position, probably even more so than quarterback because everybody's involved in this, in the same ones and everybody wants the same players at that position. There's no, um, there, there's not really any, uh, a difference of opinion or preference on those guys. All the good ones are the best ones pretty much. And there's little disagreement. So, um, so it's hard to win those, but you've got to start winning some at some point. And they've done a really good job on the edge, but just got to find more of those three technique types. Those, those athletic defensive tackles, you got David Hobbs as that was a nice start, but at a certain point you got to find the next generation. And now they'll have to do that in the 2025 class. That's, that's gotta be a huge priority. Obviously they, as you said, they've been good there. But now it's it's time to sort of try to take the next step if you're going to take this defense 
to another level. Yeah, it's like that, uh, That uh, I guess you'd call it the football version of an old wives' tale, and it's an old one. I forget the genesis of it, but the uh, where, where the, 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 the preacher or, or priest or whoever is doing the pregame prayer, and then the, uh, the old coach says to him afterward, that's all well and good, Reverend or Father, but um, you know, God's just gonna, we, we have better defensive tackles, so we're going to be okay. You know, I mean, it, it's like that kind of thing. Like if you're good there, think other things a lot of times fall into place, maybe not quite as much so in this offensive driven era, but still like, look at the teams playing for championships, look at what they got up front. That's not a coincidence. So you, uh, you I, I still take think the if step. you're doing what I was gonna say, I, I do think if you Keep doing what Tennessee's doing. You're still going to be fine. If I'm, if I, it's like NFL free agency in the draft. If I'm choosing to use my first round picks and my big money on something, it's going to be edge rushers over defensive tackles, and it's going to be cornerbacks over safeties. And Tennessee's doing that for the most part. It looks mm-hmm. like they're they're investing in the right positions. They're stocking up on really good players at those positions. They got five edge rushers that are all former highly ranked prospects. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when you throw Jordan Ross into the mix, so they're doing the right things. And some of those guys eventually will grow into bigger, you know, strong side ends and things like that um, just by the way they develop physically. So you're, you, you, you build from kind of the outside in, in that way. And, and it'll all sort out at safety too, with some of those corners naturally finding their way to safety. You'll eventually get some good players that way at every position. But if I'm picking any position, I'm choosing edge rushers and corners in this day and age. And, and, you know, you can, you can live with just okay defensive tackles sometimes. So they're still doing it the right way, I think, but you do need to still get some great defensive tackles. If you're going to take this defense to another level. Yeah. And if you're Caleb Herring, just do every single thing that James Pierce did last off season, whatever he ate, you're eating, whatever he lifted, you're lifting, whatever he, yep. uh, whatever he did for like, uh, like the the stem massage recovery stuff, you're doing that. Like every single thing that he did, maybe except some of the driving stuff. Everything else that he did, you do. Just go do that. Make the leap he did as a second year player. Then Tennessee's cooking with gas, and then they're they maybe not be saying Tyler who, but but they're 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 in a pretty good shape there. So. But that's that's sort of where things are at the front seven and, of course, or front six, I guess, nowadays. There's still that back five, and there's a whole lot of stuff going on there. Tennessee had a lot of veterans this season. Obviously, Tennessee liked to play a lot of veterans. Will that be the case again? Who's gone? Who's coming back? Yada, yada, yada. Lots and lots and lots to discuss there. So let's step away before we do that. Take a break. Pay some bills. Listen to products, services, in-house ads, etc. Come right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever product, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ben McKee coming to you from his home studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from his home studio here on a cold Thursday morning here in God's Own Knoxville, Tennessee. We are discussing Tennessee's defense heading into the offseason where things are. We did the front six or so in the in the first segment we're going to do the back half of the defense here in the second segment and it is more like it used to be like a back third now it's more like a back half almost with all these five and six defensive back packages and everything that are required in this era unless you're playing like a Kentucky or an Iowa that's kind of how things are these days right so lots to discuss there and we will get to that after just a quick request from our end to please go in there rate review and subscribe to this podcast that would help us out tremendously if you're just listening on the website GoVols247.com. That's great. No wrong way to consume this podcast. Helps us out a lot more, though, if you go into Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon, anywhere in the world you can cast the fine pod. You can find this GoVols247 podcast. Do this for free, and we're happy to do it. No complaints. But since we're doing it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. Tell everybody that you know. Tell everybody you want to know. Just Tell it to everybody. Say it to the world. I love hearing the random ways that this podcast has grown. People have found this podcast in so many different ways from so many different people. I love hearing those stories. And that's why it grows week after week, month after month, year after year. So thank you. If you're already doing all that stuff, we love you. If not, I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. Defensive backs, fellas. Uh, Tennessee, we do not know at this point. Um, Obviously, Let's just get right to it. The situation with Willie Martinez, his his contract expires after this season. We've talked about it many times. We we've not heard anything about um, is it going to be extended? Are they going to make a change? We, we 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 don't know, so we can't deal in things we don't know with that. So we will see what that situation is. We'll just mention that straight off the top, and and we'll see where that goes. But as for the players on the field and what they're going to look like, guys, it has been a really um, it seems like finally a lot of those veterans who have, you know, been there will not be there next season, right? Some of the ones that people are like, okay, thank you, finally go. And other people are like, oh, we kind of wanted another year from you, but you're gone. They're, what kind of spot are they in now, guys? It, it's a better spot. It's uh, it, to be able to replace those guys uh, finally. Now, you, you still have some veterans who could stick around. Uh, we don't know for sure what Gabe Judy Lally is going to do. We don't know for sure what Danico Slaughter is going to do or, or if he'll stay at corner next year or, or perhaps move to a different position in the secondary. Uh, so they've got some options there still and some guys who could return to that could make the picture a lot different. Um, Wesley Walker is one who I think is on the fence about returning that I didn't initially expect to return. I kind of always now, thought he might. I don't know why. I just didn't. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I think sometimes these guys have to get through the season and just kind of see how things play out and he was injured at the end of the year. So, you know, he, he might be just kind of coming to the conclusion now that he, he needs to take another year because his NFL draft prospects might be pretty iffy. So um, regardless, he's, I think, you know, at least thinking about returning right now. So that's a real possibility. You lose Jalen McCullough to Marion McDonald, probably coming back. Uh, so you should have at least a few returning starters back there uh, in some form or fashion. And that, that helps to bridge the gap a little bit. Um, but you've got some young guys who've been waiting in the wings and, and should be ready to take on, take on bigger roles. Um, you know, is it going to be time for Ricky Gibson to 
to, to take on a big role in the secondary or will he still need some time to, to continue to continue developing? You know, Jordan Matthews, Christian Conyer, those guys are, are at least going to be competing, hoping to, to challenge for some playing time there. And then, you know, does Jordan Thomas get a look at safety? Uh, you know, I, I, that's one guy that I, I think seems ready to step in. I like him a start, lot. I like him a lot. Yeah, especially at the start position. I, you know, he looks pretty natural there to me, uh, but certainly can play safety too. And and you've got uh, you've got some other good options at safety. You know, Andre Turrentine, an experienced guy, transfer from Ohio State, um, who who certainly understands the defense and got you know has gotten a look here at the end of the season after Wesley Walker's injury. So he he would be another another kind of plug and play veteran back there um, that that could step into the lineup easily. And then you know again they they offered recently uh, Tyler Woodard from the junior college ranks that could give them another option at safety if they were to get him originally from Memphis. Uh, still got to flip him from Mississippi State, and he's he's looking at other options too. But that's another one that you know it's kind of an interesting offer on Wednesday as they look for additional help in the in the secondary in the 2024 class. So, uh, and then I think they'll be in the transfer portal for some for, for some corner depth at least. Also, we've already seen them extend an offer to the uh, the cornerback from Rhode Island, uh, Saeed uh, Gibbs, mm-hmm. who, who's a redshirt freshman this season, had three interceptions, uh, I think 52 tackles that had a pretty good year, uh, FCS, uh, freshman, all American, uh, according to one publication. So, you know, I like so, that, so, you know, I like that. Yeah. So, so another good player there that they're already involved with along with some other power five schools. So we'll, we'll see who, who they might get in the portal, but I think that's a position where you're almost always going to look for some help. And then a couple, a couple more corners coming in, Caleb Beasley and, Marcus Scorey that I like their long-term potential quite a bit. Uh, Boo Carter that, that could help at nickel or safety. Idris Farouk at, at safety as well. So so some guys coming in that can help. Still hoping to add Jaron Sensabaugh. It's going to be a very different-looking room, but still at least a few veterans there that will probably kind of be the, the, the leaders of that group and will still probably be in the starting lineup. There will just be a little more opportunity, I think, for some of those young guys and maybe a portal addition to step in. Yeah, I talk about the bridge players in the trenches. I I, I go a different direction in the secondary. I, I do believe it's time to start turning the page on the back end and looking for different options. Uh, I, I, I do think the, the secondary, although it wasn't perfect, obviously, this season and there were still frustrating moments, I, I do think just generally speaking, being real simple, I, I, I do think it got a little bit better this season mm-hmm. when um, Kamal Haddon was healthy for sure yes absolutely when Kamal Haddon was healthy uh, Kamal Haddon played himself into an NFL draft pick and uh, I, I thought Jalen McCullough had a solid season he did uh, so uh, I, I liked what I saw from Gabe Judy Lally uh, but it, it, it's still I think Wes made this point on a recent podcast Tennessee secondary looks much different than the teams who are still playing for a championship in their secondary and the the current crop, it, it may not be terrible, it may not be bad, but it's not what it needs to be in order to go win an SEC championship. And so you you got to start turning the page, uh, and and you just can't completely rip off the bad age. You you just can't uh, rapidly flip the page if your young guys are not ready. Um, if if they're not ready, then you absolutely pursue the portal, which I think you're seeing Tennessee do. Uh, but if if you think with a, a a year of development, some of those guys can can start to play, then I, I think you move on from some of those veterans. 
Uh, I, I think a big question this offseason is, does Danico Slaughter move back to safety? As Ryan pointed out, I think that's a huge piece to the puzzle this offseason. Uh, and then then how much do you add from the portal? And, and how much are you willing to unleash those young defensive backs? Because, Wes, they do have a ton of young defensive backs. They, they brought in a ton last cycle. They're bringing in several this cycle. Ryan mm-hmm. just outlined that. To me, the question is, it's still young. So I, I can understand wanting to still have some of those veterans around and pursue the portal, but how much are they willing to unleash that young talent? To me, the answer to, to that question dictates your offseason plans. And, and it might come down to who's coaching that group too. I that's mean, let's that's exactly what I was saying, so go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but yeah, Willie Martinez, I mean, uh, obviously has shown a willingness in the past to play young guys, uh, but at the same time, um, the, the past few years, his second stint at Tennessee, he's mostly relied on veterans at that position. So whoever's coaching that group, you know, is going to obviously have a big say in, in whether Tennessee does turn the page and turn things over to a Ricky Gibson or, or a Jordan Matthews or anybody else, or, or whether they continue to roll with those veterans. Uh, there, there's certainly something to be said for, for putting guys out there that you know you can, can count on to not give up a 70-yard touchdown at any given moment. But uh, you've also got to continue to try to upgrade your ability on the back end and uh, that that's a that's a balancing act that's been uh, I think questionable for Tennessee staff at times. Uh, but at the same time, I, I get it. They've had some veterans who played a lot of football that it's hard not to rely on them. But yeah, I think I think who's coaching that group could ultimately determine how they kind of uh, balance that this year and whether they do give those young guys a chance to play a little bit more. And so much of the secondary comes down to how you're playing up front, too. I mean, the entire thing is tied together. You know, when Tennessee's pass rush is bang on, like if James Pierce is on your quarterback in 1.2 seconds, there, there's your quarterback's not going to be able to have open guys. I mean, people early in the season were getting rid of the ball as quickly as they could just to not have – you know, Pierce and Barron and those guys just obliterate their quarterback. So that that helped the secondary, that along with Haddon being healthy, that helped the secondary look a lot better, right? McCullough played more consistently, more 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 solidly. You know, you had McDonald being a little bit up and down, but mostly you know what you're getting there. It, it, and so, you know, the, the problems were, you know, Slaughter obviously was hurt and just didn't have the same year he did the year before. Maybe he needs to move back to safety or, or somewhere else. We'll see. Um, you mentioned Boo Carter earlier. I always, every time I see him, I think I'd like to see him with the ball in his hands. But, but Ryan, don't you know, Ryan, don't you know that now that Jordan Seaton committed to Colorado, Boo Carter's going with him? <laughs> Is that, that that might be the next step? I haven't I haven't seen yet if that's uh, the the fans are lined up along the ledge expecting that to happen next. But I'm sure. I just <laughs> what, every time some... every time I watch him, I think I'd like to see him with the ball in his hands. You know what? I mean, I, hey, I, I get on that kickoff. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I, I get that. And before I saw him play Oakland a few weeks ago, I was with you. I really like him with the ball in his hands, and I think he's good there. But I did see him finally play against a team with the athletes to match up with them. And, and he, he made he made a few more plays, I thought, on defense. So that doesn't rule out that he could play offense. He Fair certainly enough. could. That's a good point. But yeah. but I think as a slot receiver, he's he's he doesn't quite have the straight line speed to be – to be special there. So I think he's got a better chance of maybe being special on defense where, especially at the nickel position at the star, he can, he can be really aggressive and and sort of play to his strengths. And I think he's a a really good returner to Ben's point. I think he can be really good there. Um, But maybe, maybe more of a a gadget play guy. Like I could see you getting the ball in his hands and in some creative ways. Uh, And he might be a legit two-way player where he gets a few touches on, on offense, you know, maybe kind of a, 
a, a D Williams type who actually plays on defense. But, uh, but I, I don't, I, I think his future probably is on defense. So after seeing him again last month, that's, I've liked him on offense a lot, but he, he has looked good in a couple camp settings on defense. And then, and then seeing him again against Oakland against some, some good competition. I think that's maybe where he's at least got a better chance to, to stand out early in his career. Yeah. But for, for me on defense, before we get out of here, the entire thing comes down to this, and this is the last point I've got. It comes down to a decision that you got to make. And that's, are you ready to take the risks associated with turning the page? You know, this season you did not have the year you wanted to. If you stack another year like that, then people start to get a little frustrated. You know, you need to have a pretty good season. I mean, I'm not saying it's it's existential or anything, but like it's important for Tennessee to kind of prove that that this was the anomaly, maybe not the year before. If they can do that, I don't know if they have the the roster to do that just yet. We will see, but I think it's going to come down to will you trust that those young guys most of the time would be an upgrade over what you had to the extent that you can live with the the mistakes they're going to make that that's yep, what I, it comes down to and 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 coaches who who are playing in kind of some pressure situations they they usually go with with older guys in those situations and that's kind of the, the default setting but you got to make a decision at some point right like you got to at some point you got to say I've got an eight and four or nine and three secondary right now, unless I have a ridiculous quarterback. That's what I have in the secondary. So do I need to say, screw it, I gotta play these guys? Or do I say, oh God, if I play them, I might become like seven and five and then I'm really in trouble? Like that's what it comes down to, I think. Well, and 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 to a greater point, I think I think it just is as simple as this these days, especially in the transfer portal era. Are you going to play the guys you recruited to come here or not? At a certain point, is Arion Carter a starting linebacker for you as a sophomore, or should he probably just go ahead and, and play somewhere else because he's only going to be a rotational guy here? Are you going to play Jordan Matthews, or is he going to be blocked again this year? You know, in, in this in this era, it's tough to make guys sit and wait two years for a chance to play. So at a certain point, you've got to get these guys on the field. David Hobbs, you know, I think he's going to play. Caleb Herring's going to have a role on this team, but for some other guys. Whether they whether this is a very different looking defense next year is just going to depend on on whether they're willing to turn the page and go to some of these second year players that have have, have developed for a year and now might have a chance to play. And that's also to me the big story of this offseason. Do any of those guys leave? Do all of them stick around? And if they do, how much does their role and outlook change going into next season? So I, I think this is probably a kind of a transition year next season. I think we see some of those guys play more. I think we see Keenan Peely and some of those other veterans stick around and sort of bridge the gap from the previous veterans like Aaron Beasley that are no longer around. And then 2025 is probably when we see more of those guys. But I, I, I'm, I'm still very interested in how, how much do we see them sort of give those second-year players an opportunity and, and, and move on to the next generation of guys that have a chance to be some of the best players on this roster. You know, Cameron Seldon, Nico Yamaliava. You've got some probable probable future stars on this team. How much are you willing to unleash them and, and sort of move on to those guys that, that might have a little more upside to their game and, and maybe take some risk in some cases and play with potential and, and inexperience over guys who maybe know what they're doing but aren't quite as athletic or don't have quite as much upside? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much what it is, right, guys? I mean, it comes down to the – 
the the devil you know versus the devil you don't know, right? A lot of times coaches are more comfortable with the devil they know, um, but uh, sometimes the the devil you don't know isn't actually a devil at all. You don't know them. You don't know what they are. It, it, you know, it's, it, it, it's it's coaching is a difficult job, right? I mean, we we criticize for a living and we say things, and sometimes we're wrong and sometimes we're right. But you know, at the end of the day, I think we can all agree. It's just a difficult job, and decisions like that are one of the reasons that it's difficult. I mean, these guys are are, are paid well for their time and everything, so it, it's all right. But yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's difficult, and you got to make decisions. And Tennessee's got to make decisions on uh, offense, defense, and special teams. And we will be here to cover all of it. And uh, we'll also be back. By the way, before we get out of here, should tell you that we're also going to have an episode. Uh, I think we're going to have a basketball one on Friday heading into that Saturday showdown against number 20 Illinois there at the uh, Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center in the city of Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, in the planet Earth, uh, in the galaxy, whatever they've named that thing now. We, we will we will be there tomorrow. Actually, we'll be there Saturday, but uh, and on Friday too, I guess, for practice. And then we will have a podcast here. We'll have that for you, and then we'll obviously keep following everything with recruiting and uh, the portal and all that stuff going forward too. It's a really busy time of year and there's a lot to discuss and, and we'll be here to uh, discuss all of it. But uh, for today, I think that will do it. Thanks guys uh, for being here and uh, thank y'all for listening. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24 seven podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, You also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, 
MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.